Amen. And so I'm excited. We're going to be resuming a message we started last week, our Thanksgiving message. It's just going to be a two-parter. So we'll wrap this up today. As Pastor Jessica said, we'll be full on into Christmas mode. Say that with me. Christmas Christmas mode. Amen. Mode, mode, Christmas mode. It's a, it's a way of life. Amen. But I'm excited. We're going to wrap this message up today and, and dive into God's Word. And so the title of our message was God's Will, Joy, Prayer, and Thanksgiving. Did you know that it is God's will for you to always live in joy? Did you know that it's God's will for you to always be praying? And did you know that it's God's will for you to always be thankful? We talked about God's will last week and how it's, it's very big and it's, it, it's, it, there's a grandeur to the God's will. There's a, there's a universal will for each and every single person and there's a specific will, right? A specific will that helps by the teaching of the Holy Spirit that leads and guides us into our gifts and into our talents, and everybody wants to understand that part of God's will, how God made you and how God wants to use you and maybe the person that you're going to marry. But we said to understand God's specific will, I got to be faithful in his universal will in, in, the, in the little things. I got to be faithful in living and walking in joy on a daily basis. I got to be thankful in my prayer life. I got to be Thankful in all circumstances, in the good ones, in the hard ones. And the more faithful we are in walking in his universal will, the more blessed we become as we're seeking God for the next steps in our lives or where he wants to lead us and guide us. And so I hope you took a few moments this week as we celebrated Thanksgiving to give God thanks and to just to thank him for the things in your life and to thank him for where he's taken you. I know I did that. And I know we're going to open up God's word together here in a moment and in 1 Thessalonians, if you want to turn there in chapter 5 and read the scripture, Thanksgiving Day scripture. But I really am. I am most thankful for God's will in my life. That there was a moment, a place in time where Ian laid his life down and said, I can't do this anymore. Jesus, I need you. There was a moment in my life now, I don't have a perfect life. I've still missed it. I, I, I've done a lot of things right. I've done a lot of things wrong. But, but in that moment, Ian's eternity changed. Amen. And God's will was, I was ushered in. God, God grabbed my hand out of my pigsty and he, he put me in the living river. God's will is like a, a, like a river. It's a flowing with life and and awesomeness, and his, his will is a riverbank. There's the riverbanks. And as long as I follow Jesus, I stay within his will. I stay within his river, and his banks guard my life. Are you living in his will today? I hope and pray that you are. If you're not, you're in the right place. Because there'll be a moment for you today to jump on in. Say that with me. Jump on in, jump on in. to God's life and his will for your life. Amen. So as I said, look at 1 Thessalonians chapter 5, a couple verses, 16 through 18. Most, many, all churches use this scripture for Thanksgiving. And we said there's, there's more to this scripture than just being thankful. Just being thankful one day a year or being thankful one time a year or one season of the year. We really see that God is talking about his, his plan for us, his will for us. And Thanksgiving is just a piece of, it, of that magnificent 
masterpiece that is his will. So let's read it together. Look what it says. Verse 16, always be joyful, it says. There's that first word in our title of the message. Never stop praying. Some versions say never cease praying. There's that next magical word, be thankful, right? In all circumstances, for this is God's will for you who belong to Christ Jesus, it is God's will that all would come to repentance and accept the Lord Jesus as their Savior. All that belong to Christ, that's his universal will for any and all people. Upon coming to Jesus, now there's a, 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 another side of his will that's, that's apart from love and grace and mercy. We get all that. But there's a commandment, and we just give you, there's a bunch of them. We're just going to give you these three for the purpose of this message. And if we could focus on maybe one or two, three things, get really good at those, maybe God can grow us into the other things that we're praying and, and seeking and believing for. But if we could get really good at walking in joy, if we could get really good and faithful in being prayerful, if we could be really faithful and honest and good in being thankful, what can't God do? Right? So we see that this is part of God's will to always be joyful in all circumstances. Pastor Ian, is that possible? My life's a mess. I'm homeless. I'm, I, I'm miserable. I don't know what I'm going to do for Christmas. I, I, I don't like my life. My life is hard. God wants me to be, be joyful in all circumstances. That's what he said. Apart from the Holy Spirit, you can't walk in joy in all circumstances. But... Put that in the chat today. But if you have him and his presence and his spirit leading God in your life, you can have joy even when you don't feel it. Because his joy is set in a deep place here. Right? That nothing, that no one, not even the devil himself can steal. The only recap I'm really going to hit today is going to be really quick. I'm going to hit it right now. We, we spent all of last week as we kicked this off talking about joy. What did we say? We said joy is a choice. Your joy this Christmas is a choice. Say this with me. My joy, my joy is, my is my responsibility. responsibility. Mm. Your joy is not your spouse's responsibility. It's not their job to make you happy. That's God's job. And if he's your Lord and Savior, and you live in prayer, and you live in thankfulness, you'll have joy. Your joy is not your best friend's responsibility. Our relationships add on to the joy that God has already given us. If you're looking to a person to bring you joy, every single person will fail. We said our joy is a choice and our joy is our responsibility. We all said this of joy. It's our defense against the enemy. When you walk in joy, you aggravate the devil. He hates to see you happy. He hates to see you living in hope, living in joy, living in thankfulness, living in expectation. Come on, somebody, it's getting quiet in here. When you live like that, you just rub the devil wrong. He hates it. So he wants to steal it. He wants to kill it. He wants to destroy it. And we said if we can choose joy over all the issues, events, traumas, hurts of life, 
then it'll be my defense. And it can guard us, guard our families, guard our lives. The most important, valuable thing that you have is to guard your joy. And don't forfeit your joy to the devil because of one little itty-bitty thing that blindsided you, hurt you. When we do that, we forfeit our joy to the, to the enemy. And now we've surrendered. Wave the flag. And if we can choose joy, we can stay in God's will. Amen. We covered that last week. So today, as we close this, we're going to focus on those other two, prayer and thanksgiving, thankfulness. So look at that first point for today. It's a big one. You can thank Pastor Keith this week as he made this outline for us this week. Let's read it together. It says, God's will for our lives is persistent prayer. He says, never stop praying. What does that really mean? It means never stop talking to God. Never stop taking your problems to God. Never stop casting your cares on God. Never stop asking for your needs to be met. Never stop believing for the impossible. Somebody say impossible. And never stop coming to God. You can never stop praying. You can't stop. You won't stop praying. You cannot stop having hope. You cannot stop expecting God to show up on your behalf. You cannot stop believing for the best is yet to come. You cannot stop because when you do, the enemy comes in. As we just said, we can't forfeit our joy to the devil. We can't allow the devil to steal our joy. In the same sense, we cannot allow the enemy to steal our prayers. Because you want to know a dangerous place for a Christian is one where a Christian, a believer, no longer prays. Because when you stop praying, we've shown a, a sign to the enemy. We've shown a sign to ourselves where we say, I don't know if God's ever going to answer this. We, when we stop praying, we give up on God. And God never gives up on us. Never cease praying, as we just read in 1 Thessalonians 5.17. Never cease praying. If you can commit to not stopping, God can show up. He can show up in a moment. He can show up at the 12th hour. He can show up in five months. He can show up in five years. He can show up in 50 years. But I know he's the same yesterday, today, and forevermore. And it doesn't matter when he shows up. It just matters that he shows up. You got to be good with his time frame. We serve a guy that lives on in the eternal timeline, right? And, and, and we just try to block out our lives. I need you here. I need you now. And God's not saying no. He's just saying not yet. Because his timing is perfect. Excuse me. We have to be a people of persistent prayer that never stops, that never ceases, 
your prayer is what connects you to God. Our prayers is how we can know that God hears us. So I want to read a scripture with you today. Turn to Luke chapter 18, verses 1 through 8 we're going to give you for today. Jesus tells a parable. If you want to know what persistent prayer is, this is what it looks like according to Jesus. So look at verse 1. It says, One day Jesus told his disciples a story to show that they should, what? Always pray and what? Never give up. You need to highlight those two phrases. Always pray and never give up. Look what he told them. There was a judge in a certain city, he said, who neither feared God nor cared about people. A widow of that city came to him repeatedly, saying, Give me justice in this dispute with my enemy. The judge ignored her for a while, but finally he said to himself, I don't fear God or care about people, but this woman is driving me crazy. She's driving me nuts, the judge said. I'm going to see that she gets justice because she is wearing me out with her constant requests. Then the Lord said, learn a lesson from this unjust judge. Even he rendered a decision in the end. So don't think God will surely give justice to his chosen people who cry out to him day and night. Will he keep putting them off? I tell you, he will grant them justice to them very quickly. We have to see in this scripture, not only that your prayers matter and that God sees you and that God hears you, he wants to bring justice to you. We have to see that God literally himself is begging us to always pray and to never give up. The king of kings is begging you today to always pray and to never give up. He don't care how hard it looks. He's above that. He don't care how hard you got hurt. He's the comforter. He don't care how hopeless and dark it may seem. He's the light of the world. Jesus is begging us, as we just read in verse 1, as he taught the disciples how to always pray and to never give up. Are you wearing God out with your persistent prayers? Now, you know you can't do that, but make that your goal. Any parents in the house? Xander's getting really good at talking and putting together words and sentences, and he's asking us a lot of questions, and he will wear me out sometimes. And as his father, I love him, but, but sometimes I'm like, dude, you're wearing me out. I'll give him anything just to, just, just to chill out a little bit. My love's not perfect in, in this earthly body. God's love is perfect. But what if your goal was, God, you're going to, I'm going to be the first one to meet with you on this earth today. I'm a, you're, my prayer, my voice is going to be the first one you hear today from Holly Pond, Alabama. I heard a pastor say one time, my goal every morning is to get my praises to God before the birds. Does God hear your praise, your prayers before the birds that morning? Or your neighbors? Or you, whoever, your boss, you're filled in the blank. And if you don't just do it one day, chalk it up. 
God wants us to do it every day, all day. Prayer is not this thing that we turn on, that we turn off, that we, a closet that we go into. Yeah, Jesus said go into your prayer closet so others don't see. But prayer is a, it's a mindset. It's a way of life. It's, it's a dialogue with your heavenly Father all day long. Telling him how you feel. Be honest. If you're mad, tell him why you're mad. Y'all read Psalms? David, I think, was bipolar. Like, up and down. It's okay. And David is the only one described in the Bible as a man after God's own. Because I believe he didn't wear masks. He, he just who he was. Be who God made you to be. And be a person of persistent prayer. Are you wearing God out or is the devil wearing you out? If the devil is wearing you out day and night, stressing you out, got all kind of little thoughts, robbing your attention, stealing your joy, and you're still not praying, mm. don't let the devil wear you out. Let's try and wear our God out, even though we can't. Let's say, God, I'm going to be a person of persistent prayer and faith. Amen? Look at that next point. So God's will for us is to be a people of persistent prayer. Persistent prayers keep us connected spiritually and relationally to our Heavenly Father. Prayer is our lifeline. Prayer is our lifeline. Persistence, get this, releases patience. Who needs some good old-fashioned patience? And don't lie in this place. Y'all went to McDonald's the other day, and you was mad because it took them a minute and 30 seconds to give you a, a large happy meal or whatever you ordered. All right, we want it now. We want it hot. We want it just the way we, we ordered it, and we want it like yesterday, and that's how we go to God. Persistence releases patience. I bet that woman that we just read about, as she pers pers kept persistently going to the judge and persistently asking her requests, she, she believed that it was to be. And so as she, by faith, continued, continued on, continued on, continued on, she had a patience that was set within her. So if you can get good at going to God persistently all the time, every day, all day, then the thing that you are, like, killing yourself to get to or the place that you're trying to arrive to or the, the unanswered prayer or blessing that you just can't get your mind off of, the thing you're so focused on, if you can just persistently seek God and not seek God for what he can do for you, but seek God persistently, he releases patience. We're going to see today that, that patience brings contentment. And when you have contentment, you can enjoy the journey. I wonder how many of us are just being robbed of enjoying what I have because I'm trying to get to where I'm going. I don't have joy. I don't have peace. I don't have thanksgiving. I, I don't have patience. And it's because we're all not resting in His peace. He wants to give you real peace and real 
patience. And if we can be persistent in our faith, he'll release patience within our lives. Prayer, last thing I want to say about prayer is it connects us to the Father. He's your lifeline. He's your lifeline. When it's going good, he needs to still be your lifeline. When it's going bad, he needs to still be your lifeline. He's what connects us. Our prayer language, our, our prayers are what connect us to the Father. Amen. Let's look at that next point. So we're moving on to the third one. Thanksgiving. We'll, we'll, we'll finish up on Thanksgiving for the rest of the day. Look what it says. So God's will for our lives is to also have an attitude of gratitude, to be thankful in all circumstances. In all circumstances. That's what the Bible says. I said you can't, you can't live in thankfulness apart from the Holy Spirit because He's the only way you can find joy when, you shouldn't, when the, all indicators in the world look and point and say, there's no reason on earth this person should be having joy because their life looks really hard, it's a mess. But if you have the Holy Spirit and you rest in His peace and in His ministry of faith, you can have joy. It's God's will that we have joy in all circumstances. And when we by faith do that, it shows maturity in a Christian. And also when we choose thankfulness, it paves the way for transformation. When you by faith choose joy and thankfulness in the midst of a rock and a hard place, God molds you and transforms you. When you say, God, you can be this 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 is making me angry. I'm struggling with my faith. This is really hard. I don't, I don't deserve this. What they said to me hurt me. But I'm still going to choose joy and thankfulness. When you can make that your prayer and make that your stand and fight from that place, God transforms us. And isn't that what we're all trying to do? I need to be transformed, guys. And if we can do that, respond in that way, he'll, he'll transform us. And he'll, he'll take us from glory to glory. And we'll grow and we'll go into all that Christ has for us. But it's going to take faith and it's going to take a daily choice. As soon as, as, soon as you, you, you make a stand and you tell yourself, and you may even... Tell the devil, my joy is mine today. Don't steal my joy today. Then, then the attacks come, and that, that's when you'll be tested, and that's when you get to prove yourself worthy. And that's when you get to prove to the world, the devil, everybody else, you know what? No, I'm standing, and I'm choosing thankfulness and an attitude of gratitude because I'm going to be immovable, I'm going to be unshakable because I trust in Jesus Christ. Amen? So look at that next point. As we make that choice, we see that God's will for our lives is an attitude of gratitude. Prayer and thanksgiving releases the peace of God. What if I told you the secret to your peace is in the strength of your prayer life and in the strength of your thanksgiving? Did you see the order in which we read in 1 Thessalonians 5 today? First it says, always be joyful, never cease praying, 
and be thankful in all circumstances. So if I can do those, those three things in order, we'll see here in Scripture, in Philippians, that something amazing happens when we stop worrying about everything and start praying about everything. He releases peace over us. But I can't just have the peace without actively doing something in my faith. Now, there are moments and very hard moments to say you lose a loved one or somebody betrays you and you get blindsided. There are moments when you don't have to do anything and you can call on the name of the Lord. His peace can fall in your life. Right? I'm talking about your daily life where, and this has kind of been my life, if I could share a little bit. I, the Holy Spirit's been revealing something. In, uh, I'm a thankful Christian. We're going, we're going through a big transition, getting ready to have a, a third baby. And it's like, little, just little things out of the blue just kind of set me off a little bit. And, and it's, it's, it's no one else's fault but mine. And it's like, why am I responding in that way? Why, why am I acting this way? It's not that I don't love God. It's not that I... It's not that I'm not thankful. It's not that I'm not praying. But I have to, to have his, his peace, I have to rest in his peace. I have to rest in his peace. And the best way that you can do that, the most active way, how do I do that, Pastor? And that sounds good. It, it sounds kind of metaphorical. The best way that we can actively rest in his peace is to live in joy, live in thankfulness, and be a people of prayer. And if we can do that, he will release peace in our lives. Look at Philippians 4, as I promised you, 6 and 7. Look what it says. First, it says this, don't worry about anything. Instead, pray about Tell God what you need and what? Thank Him. When you come to God, you know it's impossible to come to God without bringing thanksgiving. He says, then thank Him for what He's done. Look at this, verse 7. Then you will experience God's peace. What if I can't get to God's peace without first praying for everything and thanking Him for what He's done? Maybe this is the, the spiritual, natural direction for our lives. I don't have peace because I'm not praying about everything. I'm worrying about everything. And what if I don't have peace because I'm not routinely living in thankfulness for who God is and what he's done in my life? It's a question that should be begged to ask. Look what it says. The rest of that verse. You experience God's peace this is the good part, which exceeds anything we can understand. His peace will what? Guard your hearts and minds as you live in Christ Jesus. Can I give you a little secret? Invest the time that you spend worrying about everything, that amount of time, that amount of energy, and put it into what? And if I got the time to spend that much worrying about it, why am I not taking the time to use that and bring that before God? I believe it's disrespectful if we say we confess in Jesus 
And I got this thing that I just worry about constantly. God's like there the whole time, right? He knows he's not a grouchy old man up in heaven or something with a big old white beard. But he's probably thinking, man, I've equipped you with everything. Ian, I've, I've given you everything. You have the power and authority to trample and walk on scorpions. And you are stressing out about this. And Jesus is where at the right hand of God. What is he doing? It says that he's praying for you. Don't use that as an excuse, though. Oh, Jesus is praying for me. Yeah, he is. But don't neglect your responsibility to take those things that the enemy is using against you in your life to do what God's called you to do, which is to bring those before him. Bring thanksgiving and prayer and watch him release peace over your life. Come on, who wants some peace? I know Christmas is coming. You need some peace. God will release it if we step into thankfulness and persistent prayer. What do we say? Persistence brings patience. Right? Persistence brings patience. And isn't it crazy how everybody wants peace? Guys, and people look for peace in all the wrong places and all the wrong things. We're striving for this, this thing to magically change. And I'm trying to achieve it in every other way than with Jesus Christ. In every other way than just setting before him, worshiping him, praising him, thanking him. Instead, I just want to escape by watching my favorite TV show or my favorite movie. Or I want to escape by scrolling all my 10 different accounts I got on. Facebook and Instagram and Twitter and TikTok, and I'll, I, I wonder why I don't have any peace, and so I want to escape through drugs and alcohol. It helps me feel a little better, and if we could just realize that the thing that I'm searching for has already been bought and paid for, Amen. and all I have to do is get real with my father, come on, somebody, that's all I got to do is get real with Jesus, and he'll grant me peace? Yes, he will. Amen. All you got to do is get real. Tell him why you're mad. Tell him why you want to escape. Tell him why you're hurt. When you're honest in the throne room with God, he'll give you peace. Have you ever met with God in such a real way, through prayer, that you didn't want to get up out of prayer? Amen. I have. Most of us think of prayers as a chore I have to do. We enter in, checking our watches, checking our phones. Okay, God, I'm going to give you five minutes. You get 30 seconds in. You're just, you just doing the religious routine. You ain't being honest. You ain't being open. You ain't praying about anything. You're worrying and stressing, and your mind's at work. Your mind's with the kids. Your mind's with everything you got to do. That is not prayer. Prayer is setting your mind and your heart to God's agenda. You may stay there for an hour. When you meet with God, you won't even know you stayed with Him for an hour. Amen. This is the type of persistent prayer that God calls us into. And when we can do that, we will have real, tangible peace. 
You went into the closet like a quivering little kitty, right? You come out of the prayer closet like a roaring lion ready to tackle the day. Ain't nobody going to steal your joy and your peace because God literally manifested it in your life. Right? Look at the next point. Talk about thankfulness. God's will for our lives is to have an attitude of gratitude. Thanksgiving delivers us from a poverty mindset and empowers us to what? Be content with what we have. Thankfulness releases contentment. When you can be thankful with what you have before you're about to lose it, even the things you take for granted, if you can be content with what you have, be content with the journey God has you on, be content with the way God's going to answer this prayer. Be content with what God has said about the issue. Then you can be unstoppable. That doesn't mean we don't pray for more. Pray for more. What do we say? Be persistent. God can do abundantly and exceedingly above anything we can ask, think, or imagine. Ask for more, but being content is rooted from thankfulness. Can you be good if God doesn't answer that prayer? And I know I've, I've just said, God will do it. God will see it through. God can do it. But I've seen, and, and, and God's the author and the creator, so I, I don't know why he does this, but have you ever prayed for somebody to get, get well and they didn't get well? Can you be content if it doesn't turn out the way you had it planned in your mind and still trust God still has a plan? Because he does. We have watered down Christianity to this thing that God's going to do it because God said it and I prayed it and, and he wants to and he can. But what we've done is when it doesn't turn out the way that you foresaw, we think that God's not good or that we missed it or messed up somewhere. And what we have to remember is we have to be thankful even when it doesn't turn out the way that I thought. And if I can be thankful, then I can be content. And if you can be, temp be content with what you have, you'll be thankful where you are but also the Bible says he who is faithful with will be faithful with much. So I'm not saying God's not doing it because you're not being faithful. But what if I'm looking at all these big things and I've overlooked how blessed my life is. And I'm not being faithful with what I see as little. If I could be content and faithful with the little and the tithe, God's storehouse and my job and my ministry and my friends and my family, if I could be content and faithful in that, then God can bring me more. Are we chasing the more or are we chasing Jesus? Because I know the most content people, they're not chasing the stuff. They're not chasing the the prayer, we need to pray, they're, but they're not chasing the thing or, or the promise. They're, they're chasing Jesus, and they're content.
And they're content even if they hear God say no, which he oftentimes will say. Or he'll say, not yet. He'll say to some of us, don't marry that person. I see it in Celebrate Recovery all the time. God sent me this person. I hope and pray that you heard him say that. And they get into a relationship. Three weeks, three months later, they're out using again. None of them sat time in prayer. None of them spent time. None of them asked the tough questions. Do you really? I believe in God. And they stop. Okay, that's all that matters. Now, do you believe in Jesus Christ, the King of Kings? Y'all, before me and Jessica got married, she, she asked me a lot of questions. Must have answered them all right. And I asked her a lot of questions. I'm going to be married to this person for life. I want to know all the answers. But you know why people don't do that? They're scared to know the real answers. Because that means God's saying no. This is for some single folks. Are you content with being single for as long as it takes for God to bring you the right person? Who believes God will send the right person into your life? You know who hates that? So what's he going to do? He's going to send the wrong person. You never buy the first car at the dealer, right? So why would you buy the first person? You better vet your relationships. Y'all, that was a crazy rabbit trail. I had no plan on going. Y'all thank the Holy Spirit for that. That was for somebody to do something with. Let's stay in Philippians. Look at Philippians 4. Talk about contentment. Look what Paul says. I'll give you uh, 10 through 12. How I praise the Lord that you are concerned about me again. I know you have always been concerned for me, but you didn't have the chance to help me. Not that I was ever in need, for I have learned how to be what? Content with whatever I have. I know how to live with almost nothing or with Everything. I have learned the secret of living in every situation, whether it is with a full stomach or an empty, with plenty or with little. Who knows who Paul was? Wrote two-thirds of the New Testament. He actually was killing Christians. He was one of the highest priests you could go in the command chain of, of the high priesthood in the Jewish faith. He didn't believe that Jesus was. He got knocked off, literally, his high horse on the road to Damascus. Jesus blinded him, told him who he was. From that moment forward, Paul lived by faith. Why do I share all that? Because as he's sharing this, when he says, I've learned the secret to life and being content with with little or a lot or with an empty stomach or a full stomach, he was a rich man. He had everything. He had the prestige. He had the title. He had the name. He had respect wherever he went, and now he's writing from a jail cell on an empty stomach, and it has not faced him. He is not looking at what he has lost, but what he has gained through Jesus Christ, and he finds his joy and his contentment in that. And that's how he wrote two-thirds of the New Testament, because his faith wasn't something that he just put on Sunday morning till Sunday afternoon, His faith was who he was. If your faith in Jesus is who you are, 
you can find peace and contentment in Jesus Christ. Look at that last point for today. God's will for our lives is an attitude of gratitude. Thanksgiving allows us to enter into his what? Presence. His presence is the fullness of joy and pleasure forevermore. I really believe it's impossible to enter into his presence without thanksgiving. It says, first, bring your gift. Bring, you got to bring something. You got to bring something. Who reads the Old Testament? Y'all know you need to keep reading the Old Testament, right? We believe in Genesis to Revelations. 